Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And don't forget, this weekend, as the run to the roses is on at the Kentucky Derby. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, we're finally done with the draft. This obviously wasn't really the way I think a lot of Browns fans were anticipating the draft to go. Uh, corner off the board at number 68, trade down from number 44. I think it's a unique decision. Um, you trade Troy Hill, obviously, later in the draft. You get this guy, Martin Emerson. There's not a lot on tape that is going to pop out and surprise you. Like, he's, he's six foot two. He's physical. He likes to hit. You know, he, he kind of reminds me of a safety. He can come down and just lay the hammer on somebody. He has great tackling. Uh, but if you put him up against an Alabama offense, which I was watching um, a little bit of tape from that game, he doesn't have the footwork. His hips are stiff. You know, it's kind of like an unconventional pick, but I'm anticipating them to use him in a way where he's not going to be like the traditional just vertical corner or anything like that could, you know, maybe six to corner in the slot, who knows what it's going to be. Uh, but that was certainly an interesting pick. And I'm excited to see how Martin Emerson works out. When I, when I think about it, you know, like you said, not much, not much on tape, but he's six to 200, 200 pounds. So he's big physical. He can play man to man. And so he could be a boundary cornerback, you know, on the opposite side of, of Denzel. I mean, most of the time, the, the X's are the, the big guys who are playing on the single side and, and have to do and have and can beast the DB. And if he's a little guy, it, it makes it a lot easier. So you, you got to have somebody over there who can who can be physical, who can get these guys off their routes and their and their timing. And, and I think he can do that. And obviously, uh, Barry and those guys think that as well. And that's why they draft him first with our draft. I agree. I agree. And if you look at his tape, he's, he just bumps guys. Just He's really physical with his hands. He'll get in there. He'll punch somebody, you know, really quickly. And he forces the wide receiver to run with him. You know, he, he's not going to be doing the chasing a lot. He's just hit him, hit him hard, get him where you want him, and then you can try to make a play on the ball. If he does get beat, um, I think we're running multiple safeties for a reason. We have very talented corner, other cornerbacks, you know, a play can be made, uh, but I certainly do like this pick. And like you said, if we can put him opposite on Denzel and match him up with some of these bigger guys in the AFC North, because the AFC North is very stacked. And there are some very big framed guys that it's going to be a a tough task for these corners to go against. And and that's why you need someone of his his size, because he can be physical with these guys. They can't just push over him push him over because he's not a little guy and so I mean 
it's, it, it'll be his rookie year. He'll get he'll get coached up. He'll he'll get better technique. He'll learn how to play within the scheme and and against certain players because he'll be more into the film than he was in college, like everybody. And so he he has a lot of room to improve and, and grow. So I'm looking forward to it. I agree, and I think it kind of it broadens up this corner room because we obviously struggle with injuries every single year. <laughs> Denzel Greedy, something um, so. Again, depth is very good. And we still have A.J. Green. Uh, we still have some corners on this roster. It's, you know, I, I think it works out. Uh, then we move over to our next pick in the second round, Alex Wright, defensive end from UAB. Um, I like Alex Wright. I think he, he's another, you know, kind of bendy defensive end. Uh, and he'll, he'll get in there and make a play. Make a play. <laughs> that does, you don't sound you don't sound so good about that. You I don't know because I'm a play. So first of all, he played at at UAB, right? Smaller school. Um, I saw him going against Liberty with Malik Willis, and he was just he's kind of getting tossed around. Like he he's getting in there. Obviously, you're not going to be consistent on every play, but some of these plays he was getting in there. He would just run just straight do a little swim and then he just get knocked on his butt it's just he kind of runs in there and just dead legs himself and falls flat but when he is on he is very on he's not like a sideline to sideline kind of kind of edge but he'll get in there he'll pursue that tackle uh that ball carrier and try to make a play on it um or he's just going to shut down the outside run force the running back inside and allow the DTs to make a play. So he is a very smart football player. Uh, and he's like six foot four. Like he's pretty tall. Six it's, five. Yeah. Six, five. It's, it's difficult for an end to move like that, but he makes it look uh, very smooth. Um, but this would be a developmental pick. I don't think he's obviously going to start. You have Chase Winovich, Clowney might be back uh, a bunch of these other guys, but if we can develop him, and I think Miles can do a great job of doing it. Uh, we'll have a good player on our hands. First and foremost, Chase Winovich did not get one sack with the Patriots last year. He had the he had the pressures though. <laughs> he, but he did not get one sack. You can you, you, you got to give me at least one. I think I can get in there and get one sack. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when when we're talking about Alex, right? He's a, like you say, he's a big, tall, rangy guy who has speed. He has speed and he's able to bend around the corner kind of like Miles does. I mean, he, like you said, he's had uh, trouble with, with getting pushed around and, and often can't uh, fight the double team and things like that. But I think it's one of those things that once you get in the NFL, your coaching matters and he can be, he can improve and become a better player if he's coached up because, you know, in, in college, a lot of times when you're that guy and you're playing, say, at UAB, Nine times out of 10, especially when you're talking about in practice, he's better than the defense, the offensive tackles that he's working against. So he's able to just speed rush and get around those guys and then and, and go make a play. Obviously, it won't happen when he gets to the NFL. And that's why he'll have to improve his, his technique and, and his moves off the ball and, and be able to use good hands and, and sometimes bull rush if he has to, because that's that's what's going to open it up for him. And like, I'm not expecting him to, to get in there and, and start immediately, but he, he could if we don't get Jadavion. He could be the guy who has to go in there and, and, and make those plays. And then and I think he can do it. 
I agree. And I think what the front office is doing is really smart because we've added a bunch of defensive ends. Like we said, Chase Winovich, uh, we have Steven Weatherly, who we added. Um, there's, I think we got somebody else. We got um, somebody I can't think either right now. Yeah, I mean, Curtis Weaver is still on the roster, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, there there is a lot of depth at the end position. And mm-hmm. I, I think if they are building for Clowney, you have a lot of good rotations that you can start making with this defensive line. Same with the defensive tackles. Tommy Togiai, Perion Winfrey. Uh, you have Isaiah Thomas, and that's who I was forgetting. Isaiah Thomas, who we just drafted at end. Uh, so you're going to have a lot of rotations in here if Clowney decides not to resign. And, you know, if not, you can keep out the four same guys and if they just get tired some in for one play and come back out but uh, there is some versatility with this defensive line room and with the uncertainty of cloudy I think that was a very smart decision and molding some of these guys that we can have for the future uh, is obviously the Andrew Berry draft uh, uh, memo I guess and and the thing about it is you know with with this uh, defensive line room you have in the draft you have two guys from Oklahoma so you've got to see them together mm-hmm. right, on, on film. So you know what they can do, what they can't do, and how they line up together if they ever did, and, and games that they can run against the offensive line. So you have, you have that on film. Uh, I, I, I think we did a good job as far as the draft. Uh, we pretty much got everything we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, every, once again, it's, it's more about depth and, and, and trying to build a team because we have – we have starters. We have people who can go out there and uh, 11 on each side and go out there and, and, and play good football. It's a matter of having depth and those making and having folks that can contribute. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think we did a good job of, of doing that, you know? And, and so I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, and, and we talk about the draft and giving draft grades and, but how do you ever know? You don't know until these people actually play. Right, you can get we get a like most guys have given the Browns a B grade. We don't know these guys haven't even stepped on the field, and then the teams that have A's and teams that have D's, they have to play football before you know. Because when it's all said and done, you talk about the Browns draft. Deshaun Watson's part of our draft. Amari Cooper is part of our draft. Yep. Right, but nobody ever talks about that. So they have the ability to make this draft. An A class. It's just a matter of these guys getting on the field, and that's what I'm. That's why I'm, it's hard to say did we do or get who we needed or wanted because we don't know until they actually get on the field. In, in, in years past, we have thought that we got what we wanted or needed, yeah. and we didn't. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good thing about this front office now is I think if you went in a, a couple of years ago, maybe back to. Sashi Brown's front office or maybe even John Dorsey's uh, you'll just see they're going to take best player available so they probably would have taken Perry on Winfrey at 44 and what would we have done from that I mean we got a bu- uh, couple more draft picks out of that and we flipped those into some some pretty good players if we did have a front office like that we would have Perry on Winfrey uh, just a couple other guys that fell for a reason and say like George Pickens kind of fell out off a little bit from what we thought Malik Willis, all them, we could end up with somebody who's just going to be a complete bust uh, and was drafted just because of hype. So I'm glad that the analytics analytics is taking over and they really made some good decisions in this draft. And, and you know, it's, it's analytics, but at the same time, it's, it's having a feel for what your team needs. Mm-hmm. 
right? It's not about who everybody thinks is this best player because there might be a defensive tackle uh, that everybody likes, but in Joe Wood's scheme, they might not think he's the right guy, right? He might not be as fast as Joe Woods would want him to be or vice versa. He might not be as strong as Joe Woods would want him to be. And so it's about what the team needs when they draft these guys. So it's not always the big name because Aiden Hutchinson and guys like that, they're the big names. They're, they're the players that everybody knows that are probably can't miss guys. But when you start moving down the line of, of players, you're taking a flyer. And so it's about what your team needs. And that's why I like that you don't have to, people aren't, uh, the burying those guys weren't just going for the big names mm-hmm. and, and best available. They're trying to fit this, put, put everybody in place for this team to be the best team that they can be. And so, you know, like they, they laughed at Bill Belichick when he drafted his guard in, in the first round this year. Everybody was laughing, right? But, but, but he's been doing it for, hundred years. Mm-hmm. He's won Super Bowl. Did anyone laugh about uh, Tom Brady? Nobody even thought about Tom Brady. Now everybody talks about Tom Brady, right? Because yeah. Bill saw something that he needed for his team. And I think that's I think that's what we're doing now. We're getting that we're getting comfortable with who we have in, in the front office, who we have as, as coaches, and who we have on this roster that makes it a lot easier to just get guys who suit your program. I agree. And you look at David Bell. I think he's going to be kind of our, our slot guy, just vertical. He had 49 contested catches. That was first among power five receivers. That is a very good statistic. And he was regarded as one of the better big 10 receivers before Garrett Wilson kind of blew up. Uh, he, he had didn't test great athletically, but uh, the film is definitely there. You have Perry Winfrey, who's just violent. Jerome Ford. I think that's a very underrated pick. That's kind of like a Kareem Hunt type of player in my opinion uh he had 21 receptions last year 220 yards 19 touchdowns he broke a bunch of uh i think he had 39 forced missed tackles then you go to michael woods receiver from oklahoma he's he's a big kind of possession receiver you put him on a slant he's just coming down with that ball easily getting you a couple yards and that's what we need just somebody who's reliable just going to secure it nothing big nothing fancy isaiah thomas again we mentioned him earlier uh, edge rusher from Oklahoma shuts down the outside. He's he reads the RPOs very well. Miles Garrett has a lot of issues reading the RPOs, and Isaiah Thomas does it very well. Uh, if we don't get clowny, Isaiah Thomas is right there. Then we pick a center, Dawson Deaton. I actually really like Dawson Deaton. He's he's kind of strong. He's uh, gonna work really well in our our run blocking uh, offensive line scheme, and that would be pretty fun to watch if. You know, Nick Harris, Ethan Pochich, whoever decides to start, and then you have an injury, boom, put in Dawson. I think you're going to be fine. Uh, so I really like this draft. I think we went in the right direction. Some underrated guys, but definitely some playmakers. Yeah, and once again, it's about fitting the needs of your team. And so I like all these guys and, and, and what they can do. It, it makes it it makes it competitive in all these rooms, you know, especially like receivers. It makes it competitive in running back room. It makes it competitive. In the defensive line room, it makes it competitive because you keep we keep getting guys who can do a lot of things. And so, when it's all said and done, that's what it's all about. You're trying to get better at each position, and and I and we're doing a good job of doing that. I mean, some there's going to be some some folks that are not so happy at the at the end of training camp because you can't keep everyone. But but as long as we're trying to get better and, and, and head in the right direction. And I, I think it, it'll be okay. Cause we, we got, 
we got guys on this list that have been drafted that that I think can come in and contribute right now. I mean, we talk about David Bell. Uh, they say he didn't test well at the combine, but my question is, is he a football player? Exactly. We, we didn't ask can he can he run track or, or long jump. Mm-hmm. We, asked, can he, we want to know can he play football, and he showed it on every Saturday that he can do that, right? And so that's that's all that matters. Jerry Rice, they said he didn't run very fast. Now he's considered the goat, right? Yep. All you have to do is be able to be able to get in between those white lines and go make plays, and I think David Bell will do that. I agree. And yeah, you're right. The combine statistics are kind of, I, I don't really pay attention to them. Measurables are all right. You had an off day. You, you know, I'm going to do this. When I was one of those guys, say when I went to the combine, I, I didn't want to do box tests and, and, and drills and things like that because I didn't think I, I was good at it. You know, I never practiced for it like they do today. I went out there and did things that I do. I ran and I jumped because I felt like when I got on the football field, all these things that you want me to do with these, these box tests and these L drills and all that, I can do if I have the football in my hand and someone's trying to tackle me, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're just talking about, oh, go run this, it, it's it's not my thing, and so a lot of people, and David Bell might be one of those one of those kind of guys who put the guy in front of me, throw the ball to me, and let me make plays. That's all that matters. I don't care if I'm running down the field full speed with no pads on, nobody trying to tackle me, no ball coming. I don't care if I can jump up and touch this thing that's six seven feet up in the air, throw the ball up there and see if I can go get it, which he did a lot of. And so that's 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 what we get. In, a lot of times we get uh, caught up in is the combine. You can practice for that. You can everybody as soon as their football seasons are over as seniors, they start practicing for that to run fast forties to do these drills and all that. I need to know what happens when you get between those white lines. Can you play football? And I think look looking at these guys that we drafted, um, I think we have a lot of guys who can play football when when the lights come on. 100%. I'm, I'm very excited to see them develop. And, you know, I think one of the bigger surprises on draft night was Baker Mayfield didn't get, didn't get traded. Um, I think we were kind of all expecting with this uh, Carolina hype that he was going to be gone. You would think he was going to get moved. Didn't happen. And honestly, were, were we expecting it? Yeah. I, I think you had Sam Howell, Matt Corral, all of them on the board. It was kind of impossible for the Panthers not to take a quarterback, especially with that $18 million cap hit. So, man, I don't, I don't know what's really going to happen with Baker. I think we either keep him on the team or we release him. I saw a report where it's getting to the point where we, we could just release him because why, why deal with a burden anymore? And you don't know how he's going to act during mini camp, training camp, OTAs, any of this stuff. I mean, obviously he's kind of required to show up for some of the stuff or else he's going to get fined, but maybe he's just going to sit there, lob a couple passes, have a bad attitude the entire camp, and then bring down the entire team. You don't know what's going to happen. So I was hoping he was going to get traded at draft night, but now we have to wait even longer. You know, I I didn't really expect that he would be traded draft night. I mean, you know, I, I really didn't. I mean, there were teams that only a couple of teams that really needed quarterback, but were they, were they really going to give up something for him? Mm-hmm. Right. 
to see if he it could be their guy. We're going to pay $18 million to see if he's our guy, where they can draft somebody, pay the rookie contract, and, and find out in, in, a, in a year or two, right? And so if, if I'm the Browns, and, and of course, it's, you never know when you're trying to run a, a team or franchise, do you, if you don't get rid of him, if you don't cut him, if you don't trade him before camp starts and all that, do you even have him come? I say, no, let's do like basketball. You yep. just stay at home. We can, we'll take this hit. You stay at home because all, all that can happen is you end up being a distraction for everyone, right? Yep. For fans, for players, for coaches, the whole organization getting asked these questions, talking about it. So it's, it's better to not even be out there if, mm-hmm. if that's the case. If we can't unload him before something, before something happens, before the season happens, it's, it's better for him not to even come around. I agree. I think you have to kind of nip it in the butt. Uh, I think this is this is definitely different from the Odell situation. Obviously, Odell just completely ruined his chances of, you know, coming back or staying, whatever. He didn't want to stay anyway. Um, but, you know, I, I would just cut him. I mean, he went on this podcast already with Mike. I don't know who Mike is, but went on this podcast. He's saying all this stuff that, you know, he really shouldn't be saying. I know we talked about this a little bit, but he, he's saying all this stuff that I wouldn't want him to be saying if I was the Browns, just kind of cut it out. And I, you had to have known he's going to do something like this in the off season. If you didn't get rid of him, I think that was inevitable. His camp is, you know, they want to move quick. He's working. That camp is working with his family. His family wants him out of there too. They're going to do everything they can to get him out of there we're just not not obliging i don't know why i know you want to get something out of it but now that Josh Knight is on are uh, is off get him out i don't i don't know if we're not obliging is or are we just not like you said finding the, the right deal i mean it's 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 hard to just get rid of somebody and 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 they expect something you know, because that's that was the case in the beginning. We'll we'll take Baker, but you need to give us another pick. Also, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, right. He's a he's a first round pick. Right? He is the first pick. You know, and so we, I, I think I think they're being smart about it because especially because it's not the season right now. We have they have lots of time to to do whatever they want to do and, and decide and, and and lots of money to take that. 18 million dollar hit if they have to and so, and so i mean it's, it's a thing that we just need to get out the way right and and, and until we do we need to keep him out the way mm-hmm. right and and that, i think that's best for for both sides i think if, if baker's not around he doesn't have to listen to it as much and if and and neither does the, anybody in the organization so we just have to try to move forward we know he's not going to be our quarterback and, and just try to get better like I think we're doing. I would uh, really appreciate a training camp where we don't have any drama regarding any members of the organization would, you know, be a, a good change of pace for once, I think. Uh, so yeah, definitely getting this out of the way would help tremendously. And then we can focus on this season that is sure to be just blissful. We're still gonna have drama, don't forget. I know. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still, we're, don't forget. <laughs> we still have we're still gonna have drama. We, we, that 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 situation is not done yet. And so we're still gonna have drama, but but I understand what you're saying. We, we hope we can get to the point where we're not having any drama and, and we know what's 
what's going to happen with, with the QB. Because um, once we get to that, once we know, then it's pretty much over, right? And, 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 and really and truly, we might not know till next year. Mm -hmm. We might not know till next year. So, I mean, it could be drama free all year, but then it comes next year. But right now we got to focus on, on, on 22 and, and go out there and, and, and play good football. Coach up, coach them up, coach everybody up well. Players come in ready to go, get in between those white lines, call plays and make the plays happen. 100%. And I just, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know how this receiver room is going to work out right now. And I, obviously we don't have a number. We don't really have a number two. We have Amari Cooper. Then you kind of drift very far down to Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, Jakeem Grant, David Bell, whatever. I don't know if Jarvis Landry is still a possibility at this point. He's sitting out there. He's been sitting out there for a minute. Reports keep saying the longer he sits out there, the less likely he is to resign because, you know, he does have some other offers that he's considering. And it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes those other offers with what we're doing with our receiver room right now. Why, why come back? You, you know, I, I don't see him coming back. I, I, I would, you know, I would love to him because he'd be good for these young guys in that, in that room, but I don't see it the way we, we draft it and, and the players that we have. I don't, I don't see him coming back. I do think we have a lot of good players that they put in the right situation can make a lot of plays. So that's up to Stefanski and, and how they call plays and, and put these guys in the right position. So I'm looking forward to that. I think I think it can happen with the David Bells, with, with uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony and all those guys. I think they, they have a good room. It's a matter of going out there and, and, and doing it, you know, and, and I feel and I feel like they're coached up and you have a and you have the quarterback playing. It just it changes the game because you have someone who can make all the throws you you have you can go out there and call all the routes because you can you can call things that you know david bell is good at or you can call things that you know donald people's jones is good at or Mario cooper are good at mm -hmm. because this guy when he's playing can make all the throws we've seen it before and so that it makes it a little easier on 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 the play caller when when you have that ability to do that and so i'm, I'm it's gonna be good. I think the room will be all right, whether you get Jarvis or not. I think I think the room will be all right. But you know, I, one thing we need to talk about because everybody was going crazy about it—a kicker in the fourth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I don't like the fact that after we drafted the kicker, we released Chase McLaughlin and Chris Blewett because I would like a kicking competition. I know that. If you have a rookie, you're hoping that he goes out there and just immediately impacts. And I know that developing a kicker really isn't something that that happens. That's something that's natural and you either make it or you don't. But we do this and then we're going to be looking for a kicker by week five, which is this story of the last four years is exactly what's happened. And I don't know. I would like some extra security, but I think Cade York is a, very, is a pretty good kicker and Hey, if he's consistent and can make anything inside of the 40, I'm okay with it. Let me tell you this. You draft a kicker in the fourth round, I don't care who's in that in that room. There ain't no competition. Yeah, yeah. That's I his know. job. I know. <laughs> that is his job. So those guys might as well go ahead and kick rocks. Because <laughs> when it's all said and done, 
if he's not making the kicks that we want him to make or he needs to make during the course of the season, those guys will be out there. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can only have so many kickers. Yep. Right. So there'll, there'll be guys out there and they're out there for a reason. Don't forget. They're out there for a reason. So, so you take a guy who, who's all American, who can make all the kicks that so far, you know, he hasn't been in the NFL game and, and under NFL pressure, but still he played at LSU and, and they played a lot of big games. So it's the same, same type of pressure, more people, more people at those games most of the time. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, no competition. He just got has to come in here and, 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 and make the kicks. The one thing is we don't know because it, it changes a lot of time is the weather. Mm-hmm. Kicking, kicking in Cleveland, kicking in Baltimore, kicking in Cincinnati, kicking in Pittsburgh, depending on when these games are played, right? Yeah. And so that 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 changes that changes the game a little bit. But I think when you 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 haven't had a consistent kicker since Phil Dawson, we had the opportunity to get somebody who we think could be like a Phil Dawson. Then we have to take that chance, right? We have to because this is the this is the difference between winning some games and, and losing some games. And yep. it could be that game that you have to win where you need him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I feel good about it. I take take the money, take the money, <laughs> <laughs> take <Yeah>. the money. <laughs> and I, first of all, I mean not to spook anybody, but the last kicker that was picked in the fourth round was out of the league in a year, and. I, I don't know, but you talk about weather. Uh, Cade York had the infamous kick in the fog, which is like a 47-yard field goal to win the game against Florida after Marco Wilson threw that shoe. Uh, I've, I've seen enough. If he can kick through fog, I'm, I'm kind of confident uh, that he can make an extra point. And apparently Andrew Barry has seen enough also. <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. I'm if he trusted, I trust it. And so that's why, and so that's why they took him. So I'm I'm happy with it because now you, you feel good about uh those moments when you, you gotta send your, your kicking team out there because you know in the past few years we send the kicking team out there and we're like, oh I hope we make this field goal. Yep. Oh, I hope he makes it, or I hope he doesn't miss it. Mm-hmm. But it's always a hope. Yeah. Now we feel good about who we have. And and regardless of the round, and I and I think he'll go out there and, and do a good job. I'm I'm rooting for him because I don't want to do this again next year or any point during the season. So fingers crossed that we can uh, get a good season out of Cade York and get rid of our kicking woes. You know, hopefully, 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 it comes down to we don't really need him to win games. That's it. Yep, That's <laughs> better. I'm okay with that. If we don't need him to win games then we're doing just, we're doing fine, right? Yep. We just need him to score points and tack on points. But we don't, hopefully we're in a situation where we don't need him to win games. Well, how this offense is looking right now post-draft, I'm confident that, you know, he, he shouldn't be, we shouldn't be relying on him too much. I'm, I'm excited for, for this offense and how we're going to produce. I am, I am as well. I'm like, now, now all the pressure is on uh, Stefanski's shoulders. How do you call these plays? You have all these players. You you have the quarterback that you want. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you call these plays? Because, you know, even in Minnesota, he didn't have an elite quarterback. Yeah. He had a guy who could who can go out there and win games and, and, and make plays, but 
didn't have an elite quarterback when he got to the Cleveland, didn't have an elite quarterback, but also had a guy who can make plays and, and win games. If the situation was right. Now he has an elite quarterback. Yeah. Now the playbook needs to be elite as well. We can hope. I, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of changes in this playbook and I'm going to be excited for when it happens. If you saw it with Texas, he was making Kenny Stills, Deshaun Watson was making Kenny Stills look good. He was making receivers like that look good. And we have Amari Cooper that Deshaun Watson doesn't even need to make look good because he's already good. That's just perfect situation. All I can ask for. Yeah. And then, like I said, you know, it's a matter of, it's a matter of time, you know, getting these guys time together, expanding the playbook, everybody being uh, focused on what they have to do because they know it's not easy. Yep. This AFC is loaded. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not going out there with any gimmies. I mean, yeah. I mean, we look at last year and based and, and based on the schedule going into the season last year, they probably should have won like 12, 13 games. Mm-hmm. But they didn't tell, we didn't tell everyone else that you don't, you don't get better. <laughs> right. And so th- that's what's going to happen this year. Every team is getting better mm-hmm. because no team is the, is the same roster as last year. Yeah. So everybody's trying to get better. And so Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl. They tried to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. So these games aren't going to be walk, walks in the park like we thought they would have been last year. So yeah. you still have, so you have to go, this is why we play the game, right? To mm-hmm. see what really happens. You can't just say, oh, they have to be better roster. Give them the win. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And the Ravens had a very good draft. They got the best safety. You got uh, uh, Tyler Linderbaum, very good center. David Ajabo, just a great pick. They had a very good draft. Charlie Pilar, uh, uh, Isaiah Likely. Right. That's that's interesting. Three tight ends for Lamar Jackson. I'm interested to see how that's going to work out. But you look at the receivers there, Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay. That's it. So I understand the three tight ends. That'll be interesting to see. And hopefully we're up to the task. And that's why we get an extra corner. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the division is tough. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always going to be tough. And so, I mean, like I said, Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl. Baltimore got better in the draft. Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin just don't have losing seasons. Yep. And so we have to get better. Mm-hmm. We have to get better both on and off the field. And I, and I, and I think we're doing a, a great job of, of that. And so, you know, when it's all said and done, get in between those white lines. Got to get in between those white lines. Because it's, 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 it's going to come fast. It's going to come sooner than we think. Mm-hmm. You know, now we've got mini camps and all that about to start soon and next thing you know they'll get a OTAs and bam we'll be in training camp I can't wait I genuinely cannot wait uh so can we get a final record prediction for the AFC North post draft it's early it's I know. early I know it's early. It's, it's, it's early it's tough I have to go back and look at all schedules because you know we got to play the Tampa Bay's and we have the Chargers, Chargers, Dolphins, Jets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so we, we it's, it's early. Give me, give me a, a week or two. Okay. I, I can do that. I have something for you. I got to look at everybody's roster, look at who they play before us and, and things like that. Cause that makes a difference. Yeah, for sure. A lot of times. So we have to have, give me a couple weeks and I have something, I have something solid for you. 
Okay. So look out for record predictions. We'll do that in a couple episodes. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to some mini camp talk and update you guys on how our rookies are doing to see how the season is going to go. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.